1: Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to the
2: MBN Entrepreneurship and Leadership Channel. As well as new content, we are making available selected podcasts recorded by our hosts prior to joining the MBM family. This is one of them, and so this podcast may refer to itself with a different name and identity. Enjoy the show. The center of innovation is here, and you know, this is part of the message of Project Cashmere of this whole podcast, that there's something happening here, which is beyond just good value for money. Like I said, having the vision is great, but the key is these concrete initiatives that drive it at the ground level. I think all these people who are really, they do extremely well with very limited resources, and we can take advantage of the really low costs here. You know, Poland is the land of opportunity and I, and I like to say the East is the new West because you always used to go West in history to find more adventure and danger and prove yourself. There are some good things beginning to happen here in Krakow, but we've got a very long way to go. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time of day it is, uh, Project Kashmir listener. Today, we've got a very special guest on our program. That's Harriet Noble, who's a BBC radio producer, uh, particularly, notably the producer of a World Hacks program on the BBC World Service. But Harriet, rather than me do a sort of mangled introduction. Why don't um, you introduce yourself to the audience in the way that you would if you met someone at some event and they ask you that famous question, "What do you do?"
0: Yeah, exactly. Hi, Richard. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. And um, yeah, so I mean, you, you summed up the basics. So I am a I'm a radio producer at, at the BBC. I've been um, working here for seven years or so, and. Um, the beginning of 2017 I joined what was then a very new program on the world service called uh, world hacks um hacks is in we're constantly having to explain our name which maybe means it's not a very good name but we're kind of we, we like it hacks is in um fixes like life hacks rather than kind of journo journo hack type people and um, so what we do what has become quite a kind of um very fashionable in in journalism. Recently, people are kind of desperate for good news to uh, kind of uh, try and mix up a bit of the kind of the constant bad news that quite often dominates the the agenda. So we are doing what is known as solutions-focused journalism. So we are looking at things that are solving problems um and a world hacks is it's a, a a radio program on the world service it's a podcast our podcast is called people fixing the world and it's also um digital videos so whenever we do a story we both do it, do it for radio and we do it for online videos that go on the website that go on facebook that go on instagram and that means that we can reach as many audiences as possible and our videos do very well um, and I am more the, more the radio side of that. That's my background. And that's what I love. So I um, I produce and report on uh, programmes and I also present. We are presenters come from within our team and I'm one of the kind of rotating crew of presenters um so yeah that's that's a little bit
2: about that that's that's the spiel that i give at a party okay i wish people say wow that's amazing how cool how can i and do that do people when you when you tell people do they share with you good ideas or is it one one of the reasons i wanted to have you on on the on the podcast is that i i see a, a quite a similarity between the what you're trying to do and what um, I do as a TEDx organizer that we're always looking for the best what we say people projects and ideas to put on the stage and it seems to me that to some extent you're looking for wonderful wonderful projects to put on the air or on the internet or whatever you put on the ether or whatever you call it these days and so so that that's that's part of what caught my attention, and so how do you what what do you have you developed processes for sourcing your ideas or being the BBC do you get a, a sort of tidal wave and the main the main challenge is filtering a cascade of different things that come into your email box
0: yeah that's interesting because I think you're right that the, the TED TEDx and, and us share a lot of ideas and quite often the people that we speak to um, will have done TED. TEDx talks about their their project it's very much the same area and um, so I think it is there basically there's a, there's no one way of, of finding a story uh you, you're right in that you know being the BBC we are known we are um starting to get a bit of a reputation in in the sector so stories do sometimes come to us we're quite we have quite a lot of um a lot of boxes need to be ticked for us to do a story um so a lot of our time is spent as you say filtering things if if say i at this imaginary party that i'm at if i met someone and they said oh i know about this thing that the chances are sadly kind of nine times out of ten that is not going to quite work for us so in many ways it's easier if we I certainly find it easier to kind of start, look for it myself because I know exactly the kind of things I want. So there are various different techniques. I mean, something that we've been finding quite um, useful for us recently is actually going to, there are lots and lots of conferences uh, in, broadly in the area that we're in. Um, and it's very good if you go to those conferences and you want to kind of speak to people at the kind of quite early in their process. Something we try not to do and we sometimes do it and it sometimes works quite well but we we quite want to be first on stories we want things that will surprise people and if it's something that's very well known that's not going to be that surprising so it's better if we can say go to a conference see a speaker um and and kind of work with them at the beginning of their their process to to get that story out there um so that's, that's one way going out and finding them, I think just making good relationships in with the people that, that we meet with the people that are in the sector. Um, you know, quite often a story will come to you through uh, of someone you've worked with on on another story. Um, and so there's those, those kind of two ways. And then I, I think, you know, it's heavy, heavy, extensive research. It's knowing where on the internet uh, we're gonna uh, the stories are going to be for us. It's kind of knowing what to keep our our eyes out for. Um, you know, sometimes I get my stories through relatively mainstream sites. One I've done recently um, about a uh, there's a, a course happening in Toronto and Canada and a few other places, which is um, improv classes for people that have anxiety. It really helps if you have anxiety. Well, for some people that have anxiety to do a um, to learn some improv. And uh, that was an article in The Atlantic. So, you know, it, just keeping my eyes open, keeping to people, speaking to people, looking out for things um, is, is how we find our, Stories. I don't know if that is similar to how you find your your speakers.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, I'm. I, I want to dig a bit. I, I will answer your question. <laughs> question sure. Sorry. I've,
0: I'm not. Uh, used, I'm not used to being the one who's interviewed. Normally, it's me doing uh, interviewing. It, it,
2: it, that, that, that did cross, cross my mind. But I, <laughs> I was. Um, you said you know what you're looking for, um, mm. and then you moved on to sort of the places you went. But if you were trying to explain what sort of what are the key things and I, I very much like and I agree I was explained I explained to people about the TEDx we're not looking mm. necessarily looking for people who are already famous because in a way we're trying to put spotlight you know in a sense it's just giving a, a known project another stage is is quite helpful but if it's something that isn't that well known yet that is much it's a much bigger deal it's slightly I suppose to some extent the equivalent of a Journalistic scoop that if you're if you get there get there first, which isn't the only criteria. But what are you what are you looking for? What you say you know what you're looking for? What's sort
0: of yeah things, what yeah? They, yeah. I have I have a few. As I said, a few boxes that I want to tick, and a story needs probably can get away with not ticking one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean o- I mean the obvious thing is that we're we we're, we we're, we're, we do solutions focused journalism, so it has to be something that's solving a problem. That is mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. first thing. That's what the stories that we look for um within that it needs to be it needs to be kind of innovative mm-hmm. in some way it can't just be that someone has set up a a charity that is raising money for something it can't be that it's a kind of i don't know some kind of an uh a, a group that is working to do something it has to it has to be something surprising it has to be something kind of like that you kind of go like huh I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. So there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good deeds. Mm-hmm. We're not after good deeds. We're about after innovative ways of solving problems, and there there is a a, a, a nuance there. Um, as I like, I've said and you've said, it needs to be not extensive coverage. Um, we have done stories that have been covered before, but we need to either there needs to be have been some kind of development in that story or we need to know that we are going to be able to bring something new to it in our treatment especially because we we, yeah, we think a lot about videos if there is a, a a video that has gone viral on a story already we're not going to do that because that space has already been taken um it needs to be something that's working and that there is reliable evidence that it's working Mm -hmm. we're very conscious as the bbc that we are prominent and us choosing to cover a story and though we're always fair and we're always you know honest about the extent whether something is, is working or not the very fact that we've chosen to do it especially if we do it in a three or four minute online video we can't really get into the detail we are in many ways backing something one test that we have in our heads is if there is someone out there who's got a lot of money and they want to invest that money, spend that money, give that money to something, um, would are we happy with them giving their money to this thing that we're covering rather than something else in that sector? We have to kind of believe in it and know or be aware that by us covering it, we are being seen to believe in it. Um, and then uh, finally, we like to do, if possible, we want there to be a good personal story involved the person that is doing this it's solving this problem it it always makes for a better narrative if they are some way if they have a great backstory if they are some way personally invested in it Uh, an example to go back to my um the story about improv that i've done the 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 guy in in toronto who's running these improv classes suffered from very very bad anxiety himself and he did an improv, some improv, and that helped him. That you know, and it helped him overcome his anxiety greatly. And then he decided he wanted to help other people.
2: We just had a break on the line there, and uh, Harriet was talking about how the the boxes to be ticked included being solution based, but somehow an innovative or surprising, surprising story. It shouldn't have had massive and extensive coverage like a, a viral video already and importantly as with as with ted and tedx there has to be working it has to be a working project with reliable evidence the bbc's got a particular issue with not being seen to be giving credit to uh, a project that might be somehow spurious or, or dodgy and one way that that question is answered in the team is if someone listening wanted to donate money to this would this be A good a good place for the money to go compared to all the competing things, the competing projects, and that, and then you started applying that to a particular example to do with the improv project. I think.
0: Yeah, well, I I was talking about the improv project because the the last kind of criteria that I'm looking for is a good backstory that the the person um, involved in in setting this up. would would have a some kind of interesting personal connection to that. and with the the improv for anxiety story that I've just done, the, the 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 chap that runs the course in in Toronto used to suffer from severe anxiety himself, did some improv that really helped him. and so he then set up a course specifically targeting people who who have anxiety and who this might be useful for um so that's that's another nice way so we can make it give it a kind of a bit of a personal story as well as just being about a great idea
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes i mean uh, the, the sort of questions we ask at the uh, in in the ted team is uh, well firstly obviously what what's the idea and then it's like because the the, the the tagline of ted is ideas we're spreading which aren't always projects but each tedx they're they're independent of the main ted organization although there are quite quite strict and robust guidelines about uh, what we do nonetheless it does say independently organized so they don't they don't take full responsibility. It's, but we say what's the idea and then you know uh, why is the idea important or uh, particularly to the speaker why, uh, why does the speaker care about it why should the audience care about it and then what if what if anything the speaker wants the audience to do with the idea and uh, I, I think which ties very much with the backstory. Why is the speaker the right person to talk about the idea and yeah. you know uh, quite you know, it's not great to have the PR person whose whose job it is to talk about what the organization does and it might be in some circumstances with a with a brilliant project, but usually the founder there's much more interesting personal story attached to it.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and especially on, on radio when you know you're just hearing someone's voice, they really need to there needs to be something about them that kind of brings them uh, to, to, to life for you, and if there's some incredible, you know, personal story that the listener can can latch onto, um, that 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 would just make for better radio.
2: Mm. And then when you're choosing conferences, you said you know what you're looking for, which suggests domain areas, and you know one of the things that uh, I say when talking to people who. are helping with the research is to think in terms of government ministries so it could be education it could be environment it could be security it could be it could be industry it could be technology it could be um you know the family and social policy but you can almost define a country in terms of different different domains are there particular ones on that list which appeal to you and the other the other people in your team or 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 could it be could it be almost anything on that list and, and more
0: yeah, I think um I I we're quite um we, we cover a wide variety of stories because our framework is 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 the 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 concept rather than the the subject area. I don't think we'd ever want to rule anything out at all. I mean, we eat, all have our kind of our own um our own particular interests and our own our own things that we want to cover more than more than other things I'm quite interested in mental health stories i'm quite interested in in stories about women um or you know i'm I'm interested in stories about about cities about how cities are are, are becoming um you know more innovative so uh i guess i i personally would kind of pick out certain conferences that might work better for me but but you know we're we're very we we want to go to 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 everything and 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 anything so no we, we wouldn't kind of not go to i I think we would you know say yes to basically basically anything
2: sounds like a dream job you can just look at interesting conferences and just head off head off there on a yeah it's
0: fantastic or you know i i we we get to you know one of my favorite things about journalism is being being out and meeting people and, and recording the stories and and we get to because we're a world service program we get to cover we get to travel a lot and that's just Fantastic! It's a real, I it's a real, real privilege.
2: Yeah, my my brother Edward Lucas, uh, who used to be who used to be with BBC World Service many years ago, and I think he produced news news hour about 30 okay. years ago, and then was with yeah. the Economist. Used to say that he would pay, he would sometimes pay to do what he was paid to do. That it was, mm. it, it was uh, he liked it so much. But obviously yeah. there, there are there are pressures, and it's not always <laughs> it's not always perfect. But I want I wanted to I wanted to come back to uh, a financial issue that one. Uh, Quite often when I'm listening, not necessarily to to your programme, but quite often when um, I'm looking at projects, I'm looking at sustainability, because if there's a big uh, grant, whether it's from the United Nations, Europe, very often here in Poland, the European community or, or the government, there's a feeling that the moment the government money runs out, Um, the project may come crashing down if it's it's, sometimes you get quite flashy projects that are generously subsidised by someone for a while and are you, uh, is that a criteria, and and quite often I notice you don't ask people about, Or on some of the podcasts there haven't been questions about the the money, how it's funded, what the sort of, I I used to work in public policy analysis many many years ago and there was always a a sort of rather boring but important things like cost benefit analysis or cost per beneficiary and things like that, is that a deliberate thing or is that just do you, do you do you feel that the the financial side is something you should be digging at or not not particularly
0: I think it's something that we would always want to know when we're doing the research we would always want to you know know how something is is funded um in, in some ways just to know what the kind of the intention and the um you know the kind of the reason behind the project is um, I think if we don't mention the funding, it's largely if we, we, you know, we will have done those, those background checks ourselves. And I I think we would, you know, sometimes, perhaps that is something we can do better. We, we, I, I agree that it's not something we always talk about, maybe because we think it's a bit boring, <laughs> which is not, which is not the case. But you know, it's not the kind of the grabby thing is the, and this is the amount of money that goes into it. And that kind of breakdown um so i think if if we if if we don't mention the money it's or it's because there's not something interesting to say but you know that's not um not a reason why we shouldn't we we, we shouldn't do that and maybe that's something we can we can do better
2: yeah. there was, i think there was one to do with getting um former neo-nazis in germany
0: yes yeah, I, yeah
2: yeah I, 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 uh, I was as i was it sounded really great and i was just listening you know how much it costs because there was some reference to you know to it being funding and uh, being funded and i was just thinking that sounds really good but is it is it is it expensive or is it being done done at low cost and there were others where the, the money was all over it there was a very nice one to do with the, the persuading restaurants to Allow their toilets to be used. I think in Bremen, in the north of Germany, there was a uh, one, there was a, a broad, uh, one of your programmes saying that yeah. they, they gave two hundred euros a year mm. or something like that. So that which worked out much cheaper than using than having publicly maintained,
1: maintained yeah. toilets.
2: And, and yeah, I thought it was, it, was, it was sort of good to know because if it's more more because exp- almost anything new has to be, be certainly better, but quite often better and cheaper than the, the existing way of doing it in some way. Otherwise, otherwise it won't necessarily spread.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're you're right. I mean, with the toilet, but those were both my my programs. And with the toilets story, the kind of the success of that project lived or or died on on the whether it saved money for the authorities or not. Yeah. So the fact that it did was kind of crucial to the story. Yeah. With the Nazis program, I don't think it was as much. I think it would be. I mean, you know, if it was. Yeah, billions and billions of pounds, it wouldn't be funded. But I think that uh, the the reason that I didn't as explicitly mention the cost of that is because it was something that was largely funded by government. And it's a kind of project that the, a government would say, you know, this is this is something that needs to be done and we'll pay for it. So the, although the cost is obviously a factor and, and is interesting and, um, you know, maybe I, I, sh- I should have, have mentioned it, That project didn't depend as much on a kind of a cost saving element as the the toilets one did.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. I was talking to some people in TEDx Cape Town, and they were—they had what they called the Perp team, which was in, well, which in fact was for uh, perpetuity, which was looking at supporting their speakers after the the events or staying in touch with them to make sure that their great ideas continued. Which I, I was quite jealous of because I, I don't have a big enough team of people to help me, to help me do that. At least I don't. We're so focused on other things that we don't really have the resources in terms of time because it's all it's. All volunteers to to make it to make it happen, but um, I, even in public, but I don't, it's not. It's just just it's just a point really that in public policy there's also competition for resources, and you know even if it's government money, that's that that's also that's also scarce. But um, I, I want so that 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 was one, one thing. The, the other thing I was really interested in was um, this is doesn't just apply to your your program, but quite often I find myself personally googling people I've heard in programs, and you don't have show notes and quite a lot of podcasts these days do have somewhere in the connected web page there are links to the organizations or ways of where people want people to follow up so um, for example i'm trying to i'm trying to make contact with the um, with the dutch farmer who has a different way of raising Pigs to cut back on antibiotic use, and it, and I was sort of I, it, it was striking me that um, it would be really useful if there were links to to the different organisations. I think I think Peter Day's world of business they sometimes used to have links, or at least there was enough information in the the notes about the programme to, to make it really easy to follow up. And I, I was doing things like making screenshots of where the subtitles appeared on the video in order to en- enable me to look people up. There was a, there was an Icelandic names so are tricky, and there was a nice. A in very interesting Icelandic project to do with um, stopping teenage um, the, the social pathologies, and, you know, alcoholism and yeah, that
0: was yeah, a great program. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Obviously, it wasn't that easy to note down a, an, Iceland, <laughs> an Icelandic note. And is is that a policy thing, or is it just you don't have the resources to share notes, or or, or is there any sort of backstory back to that? Because I'm I'm always very curious about the things that don't cost much that would make a, make a difference. Or do you see that's not not being your job?
0: um a, a little bit I mean I think we would probably think that if you know with, with the internet as it is these days if someone wanted to find these people that it's fairly easy to I think you make a good point about um you know spellings of of names um and maybe that's something that we can 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 think about doing but um i, I you know I, I think that if someone, someone can, can find a project without us having to put the link to it on our, in, our, in our kind of blurb about the programme.
2: Okay. Have you come across a, a journalist called Catherine uh, Guildenstead who's, who's got something like constructive elements in ge- journalism? She gave a talk at um, TEDx, Dresden. Because I've come across a few sort of, I wouldn't necessarily call it solutions-based journalism, but positive journalism and the it's in the, exactly the same the same story and um what the best the idea that the, the um so um, Catherine Guildenstern is is danish and um her her she's known for being involved in something called constructive journalism and the open eyes institute in Amsterdam, which is about getting positive stories out in the news and there was a french french guy talking at um tedx brighton on ex, on the, on the same on the same topic um is that are are you sort of aware of being part of a wider movement uh, the way you all know each other
0: yeah I, absolutely i mean i don't i don't know um uh, this this woman personally but um my uh, my, my colleague, um, uh, Tom Coles, who's a, a senior producer on the program, spoke at a constructive journalism conference in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, There's an interesting um, little kind of debate within the sector, within a sector between constructive and, and solutions journalism. What the, the Danes are kind of leading the way in, in constructive journalism um, and see themselves, see it as a kind of, Constructive journalism being the catch-all term and solutions journalism being one element of that whereas people who kind of back solutions journalism see that as the the catch-all term and and constructive journalism being another name for it so there's also it's, it's, it's you know it's interesting being in a new a developing area of, of journalism because um you know we're, we're still slightly working out among ourselves what it means um so yeah, there are, as as you know, as we're we're working in this area more and more, I'm sure we're all kind of come across the the same
2: people. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just I just checked while we're speaking. The, the there was a French French guy called Christian de Debuysteridon who's got a website called Spark News, and, okay. and, and and apparently it's got hundreds of millions of viewers. Uh, yeah, 120 million. I'm, I haven't verified this, but now it sounds like 120 million people reach whatever that means. And uh, I I'm just sort of. Quite aware of the fact that you know this the, I've, if you hear about the same thing from multiple sources in the, in sort of within a twenty month period I, and I, I regard myself as being quite up to date with things it, it sort of it gives you a sense that this might be part of a, a wider a wider a wider Wider problem, um, and how's ha- the um how's the podcast been, or rather the program been received? Do you, do you do you share the numbers of people who download it, and and is it regarded as a success in terms of audience, premium measure in terms of audience and impact? That must be quite a an important criteria.
0: Yeah, um, I mean it's generally you know regarded very well within within the BBC, and we, I mean, our initial, I think we were only initially kind of commissioned for a year, and and that's kind of going on and on. So it's definitely it's been a success. Um, I mean, one thing that we um, can tell more easily are our, um, uh, the, the viewing figures on our videos, because you can just see them um, automatically. And our videos do very, very well. I mean, millions and millions. It's, it's rare that our a, a video doesn't hit a few million. I think our biggest success, I don't have the exact numbers, but, you know, we're at the kind of about 30 million views or, or so for, for, for the videos Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the radio, it, it, it's it's harder to know because we don't have many any really specific breakdowns for the um, the kind of weekly audience number. I mean, we know that the you know, the reach of World Service is is 170 million. Um, We do um, our, the podcast does does well. I think we get kind of an average of a um, hundred thousand downloads uh on on itunes for for the podcast i mean as as they're kind of releasing more information about that we'll be able to see a bit more how how it does um but we're certainly you know on all we don't have as many you know metrics as as we'd like but on all the ones that we do get we we know we do well and we are um we are well regarded within the bbc there's something on um radio four each week does something called pick of the week where they select the kind of the best or someone's favorite um uh, programs that have been all all around the BBC Radio that week, and um, uh, a recent program that I did, and another one from my colleague a few months ago has been on that, and that's a pretty good kind of hit rate to have been on that twice in in a couple of months. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's going
0: it's going really well.
2: Well, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised, but but con- congratulations. I mean, I I don't know how it ranks. Obviously, you know, as you say, the BBC is a very very powerful very powerful brand and platform, and so. It's not surprising you get a lot of listeners, but it's nice that it's well-regarded and successful w- within that. Um, in the note you sent me, um, you you mentioned – there's a couple of things. So it's, it's like a, just taking advantage of the fact that I've, I've, I've got you on the other end of the line. Oh, yeah. l- line, You said you're working on other radio projects for the BBC. Yeah. So I'd like to ask about, about that.
0: Yeah, so one thing I'm working on um, pretty soon, actually um, – uh, I got uh, there's one great thing about working at the, B- the BBC is that, as well as your kind of day to day, there's lots of opportunities to pitch ideas for other, um, uh, you something completely different to, to your, your usual subject matter. And so, I'm going to be working on a, um, a documentary for the World Service, and we'll do a video as well soon about um, being an only child, um, which I am one, and it's yeah. something I'm very interested in how it um, impacts how it impacts your life, how it makes your life different if you're an only child. Um, there you know, it used to be that it was quite, um, it was, it was not very common and, and it was seen as, you know, there must have something, you know, there must be some kind of reason for it. It wasn't necessarily a choice. Whereas I think now people are increasingly choosing to have just one child for, for, for whatever reason. So I'm going to be doing an hour long documentary about that. I kind of won a commissioning competition to, to do that. And so that's, that's very exciting. And, um, yeah, looking forward. So I will be taking a a break from old hacks for a, a month or so, which will be a bit of a wrench, but um, you yeah, know, for an exciting reason.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a nice TED talk. I'll 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 check look it up for you about the value of siblings for saying that. Okay. I know about, yeah. You know, I, which obviously is you know it's a point of reference rather than it's not. It's the, 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 yeah. The, uh, I'm
0: so interested. I would love love to see that. Absolutely. I'll, I'll certainly send
2: that over. So so that's interesting. And the, and the other is obviously it's it's all over the news at the moment. There's some me me too Harvey Weinstein issues and I I there's a campaign. Um, also within the BBC for e- equal pay for for equal work. And are you involved in that and have you experienced that personally? And um, is there anything you'd like to say about that to, to my audience? Because for people, the majority of people listening to this are you know, entrepreneurs, particularly in technology. And so they're not necessarily that well up to date with, you know, the internal British discourse, but this is a global issue. And, you know, if, if you want to say one or two things about that to my audience, I'd, I'd, I'd be very happy to give you a platform.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. I shouldn't even need to say but I believe in equal pay. And if, if there has ever been any um, discrimination along gender lines, then that is terrible. And I hope it will change, but I think it's something that has been acknowledged as a problem in the BBC and is a, just, is a problem everywhere and it's something that people are starting to, to do something about and that, that's great.
2: Okay, so so <laughs> short, short, and concise. I I guess that's not that's not very. But are, are you not are you involved in sort of in this internal campaign? Because haven't, haven't some journalists got together and sort of formed a formed a lobby? Some of the female journalists within.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a um, a newish kind of um, it's a group called the Second Source, which is not a BBC thing. is a is a, a a women in journalism um, organization to kind of you know get women journalists back to kind of talk to each other and, and work on stuff uh, and pay obviously being one of the, the, the key issues, but on all sorts of things. Um, so I'm, um, a, a subscriber to that. I'm not, you know, involved in, in running it. Um, I, I think it's a very, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any, I think it's a very kind of complicated I- issue and, and something that everyone is, is, is getting, trying to get better at. Mm. So, you know, hopefully in, you know, if we would have this conversation in five years time, it wouldn't be a, or, you know, Three years time it wouldn 't be a question that you you 'd need to ask
2: yeah sometimes i I, f- I feel myself beginning to say things like you know i I have a, a couple of daughters as well as a as well as a son and i, I say and I, I I feel that if I start saying because I have daughters, it sounds absolutely terrible as if of course, it course yeah. <laughs> as if I, it wouldn 't matter if i didn 't which is, which is which is rubbish but I, I I think that it you know in the midst of all the terrible stories that are coming out it does it does create the possibility of a faster pace, faster pace of change and you know the first the first step to solve a problem is to diagnose it and identify it so to some extent the fact that it wasn't so visible uh, or talked about um, is, is a change for the good it's like catching a spy yeah. it's catch, like catching a spy in a way that it's terrible there was a spy but if it's much better to catch them than, exactly. than, than, yeah. than not.
0: Um, I think what, we still live in a sorry we still live in a very sexist world, isn't, world in lots of ways and I am completely conscious that it's my role as a woman and as a woman with a a very small public voice to to kind of you know fight for equality as as much as as I can and um you know I think it's of course because you have daughters you will think about it a little bit more not that you wouldn't Without them.
2: <laughs> thank 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 you for the for the credit given. That we, don't, we don't you don't know very much about me. Um, the um, there's one, one thing that struck me. We got we, I've got about five or ten minutes more, we, and I, I guess you're under time pressure. To yeah, the, that's
0: that's that's fine. Yeah, don't uh, worry. Um,
2: I'm interested. That obviously, entrepreneurs uh, very often for profit. We we say on the TEDx and uh, the TEDx uh, stage, it's sort of business and social entrepreneurs are potentially well welcome. And when I'm promoting entrepreneurship in the different. Projects I I do to do with that. Uh, it's not just restricted restric- to business entrepreneurship. But, do, but do, do you have issues and challenges uh, spreading ideas that are for profit as opposed to as opposed to um, uh, ideas that uh, you know if someone's fixing the world. So, say there was some. I, I just came across a uh, a new um, uh, there was something in the Economist last week about. I'm going to try and pronounce them. Is perovskites or perovskites which are an alternative to silicon in solar panels and there's a there, there's one cambridge or oxford based project and there's one in poland and i think oh that's nice it's a polish technology and um, but this would be a potentially putting a for-profit idea on the stage do do you ha- in world tax do you have a an issue there of it being inappropriate for you to spread an idea that's commercial
0: no not not at all i mean i think we would always want to be make it clear if it's a commercial idea that it's a commercial idea that someone's not doing this out of only out of the the goodness of their own hearts but the fact is that business drives change a lot of good comes from a a business I mean a lot of bad comes from business but you know you can't only rely on um the 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 voluntary or the the charity sector to to solve problems a lot of these things are going to have to be things that are things that are making money so it is you know we would be conscious that we have to be clear we have to be transparent about something but it wouldn't wouldn't stop us doing anything at all and in many ways you know a a business if it's a business story it is of itself good I mean we'll we'll do a story about an entrepreneur in anywhere in the world um and if they are you know making money within a, a community that for a community that has been quite poor than that the fact that they're making money is in itself a, a, a good thing so no it doesn't wouldn't hold us back at all
2: okay well if anyone listening to this has got a a world-changing business side because obviously doing things better and cheaper generally is a good thing provided it's not at the cost of the cost of someone who's suffering as a consequence obviously so so anyone listening to this who's got great great business ideas that deserved in your opinion to be on or in the opinion of the person listening to be on the world Hack stage, I guess you can send in an email or a description or indeed come to me at TEDx, <laughs> TEDx yeah
0: guys, absolutely TEDx. i mean I do include my um you know links to get in touch with me you know where you you broadcast I, this I, and and you know I'm always interested to hear from people, so I, please I, get I, in I touch
2: will, i I will do that in fact the, the, I think you didn't yet fill in the bit of the form i've got this sort of interviewee form where people put their the stuff they want to go on the yes um your profile to use or not you sent me a profile i think but in terms of of, of links and things to put on the post i, th- I think it's pretty obvious i Oh I, uh,
0: yeah well I, let me know what you, what information you need and i'll send that to you when i get back from my desk i mean i'll send you my um well you have my email address i'll send you my twitter and and a link to our program page so yes, that yeah. should be um sufficient yes. i think
2: Okay. Is is there anything we haven't covered that you think? Oh, one, one thing is how big is your team? Obviously, I can see a few names on the on the website, but how, how many? Of yeah. You
0: are, are... How many of us are there? That's a good question. Let me just do I'm Just thinking of where everyone sits. So we have we have an overall editor, um, and then we have four execs, a couple of radio. We're probably about ten, um, and we sometimes use freelancers. But in terms of the core, the core crew, there's mm. probably probably ten of us, mm. give or take.
2: Apart from the show note, wishes for the world. Uh, I'd be really interested to get a list of the sort of conferences you go to because i suspect that you i mean possibly being in london and with your network you might be aware of events that because you know they're good you go to them and it quite often conferences are very good at sort of self-promotion so they sometimes a lot of conferences make out that they're better than they are if you know what I mean. of
0: course yeah yeah absolutely i can do that that's not a problem drop me an email with everything you need and i'll I'll get back to you not absolutely
2: okay perfect so finally if i don't know if there's anything that if there's anything i haven't asked you about that you think is important on the one hand or there's anything you want to ask me or anything that i or my team here can do for you this is your opportunity to either ask or tell
0: um gosh well i mean in terms of, i think mean, you've you've got you've covered a lot i could talk for hours and hours about radio production techniques but i'm not quite sure that's more my own geeky interests than what your, your listeners will um, want to hear so in terms of the kind of the the, the areas you're interested in i think we've we've done a good kind of you know brief uh scoot around all of those um i mean i'm just you know i'm interested in any other time you think it's useful to chat or if you're organizing anything and you know want want if i can help or be involved in any way that's that's great because i think you know one thing we talked about is how how useful it is for people us within the sector whether it's journalism or or kind of ted ted x like or what you do it's you know great to work together so um let's you know speak again sometime
2: okay okay well certainly i i'll certainly take you up on that and every now and again you i, I sort of come across things which uh are really interesting for whatever reason they don't they don't work for the for the tedx stage or sometimes mm. sometimes the person is, isn't isn't available at the time we need them or something like that and you know i'm more than that i basically you know what we you know it's a, it's a non-profit thing ted and uh, it, but it's a big chunk of my my free time and so i'm always glad to work with people who can help spread great ideas so so in that yeah. area we've got we've got a lot a lot in, a lot in common in terms of our objectives yeah. so so i would certainly certainly do that and um and so I think now all I'd say is um, thank you very much indeed for your time uh, to the listeners out there. I, I strongly encourage you to uh, listen to the podcast, find the show, look at the BBC website that will be posted in the show notes, and, and look at the videos. Um, some of the stories are really incredible. They're all, they're all good, but some of the, I'm sure everyone finds their own personal favorites. And last but not least, a big thank you to Harriet for, for sharing the last hour of her life with us.
0: Uh, it's been a pleasure and thank you for, for being interested so yeah keep, keep listening
2: okay thank you very much Harriet thanks
0: Bye-bye. Richard bye
2: thank you for listening to another episode of Project Kashmir brought to you by me your host Richard Lucas if you enjoyed listening check out additional podcasts on our webpage projectkashmir.com or on iTunes where you can also subscribe so you never miss an episode and also leave us a five star review if you feel like it we welcome feedback and suggestions of new interviewees whether it's comments on projectkashmirch.com or via our page on Facebook. This podcast was produced by Adam Zuber. Thank you again for listening. You know, vision is all great and well, but execution is actually the key.
0: The actual process of meeting those
2: people, working with them, is in itself a huge reward interaction between the university and the business high-tech community is absolutely fundamental. Diversity creates a healthy ecosystem, and I think that I'm seeing more and more that diversity, it's not just about individuals, but about new individuals, it's about, you know, um, new initiatives. Sometimes they overlap with each other, sometimes they might be cannibalizing each other, but the reality is that you want to have as many as possible because that accelerates the big picture. We're not going to have everyone in the world here, and in this connected world, we don't need everyone here, but but the, the you know the artists and the designers, the creators, they're very much part of what we what we've got and what we need. So if you're listening again somewhere else in the world and you feel you, you're looking for a place where your 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 creative juices will run, then 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 this city is certainly a place where you can find yourself. And I think you can make history in Poland. I think you can be part of something much bigger than you could be a part of in the United States right now. Not just from, a, you know, going out to San Francisco to make Silicon Valley richer, but but making a new part of the world um, grow at a much faster rate, be a much bigger part of that community and and making it wealthy, not just for wealth's sake, but for uh, a purpose, which is to make that country's government stronger,